Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we are covering WCW Saturday Night on TBS from January the 18th, 1992. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit subscribe and the like button for us and stick around for some outlaw mud show shenanigans and old school wrestling talk as only BTT can do. And before I throw it to Doc, big time shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Mike Shorty, Joe Ice, and good old Justin for your generous support on Patreon each and every month and for basically being the sponsors of this show so that we don't have to shill our wonderful listeners with useless ads that they'll never use the product of. Doc, how are you? It's just you and I, and we'll explain in a second. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Do you really want the answer to that? All right, he just had a kid walk in, so I'm going to cover for him for a second. So the reason Harper is not here is because we have a clash coming up. So typically what Doc and I do is we'll get the last Saturday night out of the way before the clash. That's what we're doing now. Harper couldn't make it at the time we're recording this. Our hopes is to have him for the clash, but he won't He won't respond to our messages Although he's all over Facebook in these last couple of hours, he won't respond to our messages letting us know, yes, I'm there, or no, I'm not there because of X, Y, and Z. So that's what's going on, and that's why Harper's not here, but he, we're hoping he's here for the clash as Doc and I move our schedules around to accommodate the superstar because he's a superstar. Doc, are you there now? I am here. I had a run in there right at kickoff, and uh, prior to uh, per our prior conversation, the vacuum cleaner started at uh, 25 minutes ago. That's a shoot. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's summertime. It, it's summertime and everybody's in the house during the day. And they just don't know how to behave. When you work from home, man, they just, they do not know how to behave. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds but about you, right. But you now, got little kids, so that's that's a whole nother dilemma. Well, yeah, one of them's not feeling so. Whatever. I, I ain't trying to talk about that because we're here. But I will say this: uh, I am in a good mood. I mean, we just you and I just got through putting in the ten hours, but I'm in a great mood because I saved all my sick time, and I'm gonna get mysteriously ill right around uh, the holidays. That's real nice. <laughs> oh, see, just like that. Sure, asshole. Well, 
That's called fraud. You know, you really shouldn't brag like that. No, like with that, my man. luck, I probably will have to take it because I okay. really am sick. I've just been yeah, lucky, right. so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop trying sure. to point out my crimes in in the digital sphere. <laughs> you're the one on an open channel on a podcast you're, you're that goes that, out. Well, you're the one that mysteriously watches all these pay-per-views but never seems to pay for the view. What pay-per-view are you talking about? Man, I'm always talking to you, and you're like, yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, how'd you see that? Did you order it? Thanks for inviting me over. I just split the saw cost. Saw what? What I, pay-per-view? It, it, all of them, dude. All of them. The only pay-per-views I tell you I watch are WWE ones. That's why I I'm real confused. The other ones that you watch. There's no other ones. Uh-huh. You see something, and you're like, pay. oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> If I was a millionaire, I wouldn't pay to watch an AEW pay-per-view. Oh, no, not those. Not those. Um, that, those Which are ones are long. you talking about? It's been back in the day, like ROH and shit. Bro, I used to have Honor Club. Oh, listen to you, because you used to write for the man. I get it. No, I mean, with so Honor Club, I mean, Honor Club was a really good deal. You got, like, all the pay-per-views for, God, I don't remember what it costed back then, but it was it was not expensive at all. Oh. Maybe that's why they went out of business. No, it had nothing to do with a pandemic where they shut down for a oh, yeah, that, year, that. right? Well, I have a question <laughs> about that in our weekly flips and dives section here. And it's kind of serious, but not like, you know, it's not like you can't talk about ass or something in it, right? You, you ready? I'm listening. Okay. If you had a third of Tony Khan's money, how would you set up the TV show slash arena setup? Where'd you get this it, fictitious number of a third from? It could be a half. It could, it's enough money. What I'm saying is he's got enough money to do whatever he wants, and this is what he chooses to do. My point is, I know I don't know that you can do NWA studio wrestling any for real, but I'm so tired of the same old shit that I see on on the current product. Are you finished asking your question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you you can't do studio. That that ship sailed. Um, you can't. I actually don't think there's nothing wrong with the like bells and whistles of how AEW does it. Like I have no issues with the, the buildings, the lighting, like all those things like that I think is, is fine, especially by big time TV standards. Now you have to do it like that because everybody's gotten so used to the WWE with all the glitz and glamor that, you got to at least get, you know, a third of the way to what they look like. Not the exact same replica types of lights, but at least have that type of big time look to it. I heard Kevin Nash say one time he, he was somebody uh, he was getting interviewed. It might have been on like Wade Keller's show or something. He's like, man, you know, and he was talking about impact in ROH versus like WWE, because this is back when WWE was obviously number one and impact and ROH were like fighting for the two spot. Right. And he's mm -hmm. like, look, man, at the end of the day, when Monday night raw comes on, even if the, and at the time the ratings weren't, you know, great, they were 3 million a week or whatever. He's like, 
at the end of the day, when that money shot comes up on Monday Night Raw, when that show opens and you see that big old, you know, set in the lights and then they pan the crowd and you got a full arena. He's like, ROH and Impact don't have that look. The Impact Zone does not have that look. Um, it looks, no matter how you dress it up, it's going to look cheaper. Uh, ROH is in much smaller buildings. You know, I mean, they were doing still these, I mean, they would do like um, Super Cards of Honor and stuff. Like, I mean, they had the Lakefront Arena one time, but that's even a 7,000 seat building. It's not huge. But, I mean, they would do buildings like that. But for the most part, you used to watch the ROA product, product with me weekly. I mean, we'd be in buildings sometimes that only hold 1,000 people. So, He's like, you can't even compete just from the optics of what WWE looks like. So if you're asking me from that point of view, I mean, he's doing that right. There's nothing wrong with how that show looks when it comes on TV and the actual, like, for the most part, shooting of it. Now, I don't watch it weekly. I I, I see clips of Corny going off about people blading right in front of the camera i don't know bro i can't comment that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about more the presentation we're backstage there's the black rolling crates full of shit in the background all the time it's like the the runways are the same the there the space i just there's got to be something different we need some sort of innovation in how major wrestling companies present their tv show because it's been the same for over 20 years Okay, so the only other thing that I would say, dude, then is I don't I'm like you. I don't like the cookie cutterness of of like the buildings all look the same. The setup is all the same. And you know why that is? Because everybody involved in the chain of production from input to output is trying to maximize dollars. But you know what? And I get that. Everybody's got to eat. So we all got to make money. We're trying to draw money here. But. It's just it's too homogenized across the board. You you can't the problem is nowadays you can't make it look as like grungy as it used to look with, with the the way there was only one light above the ring. Like you, I don't think you could do that anymore. That like that ship sailed. You just can't. But you know, ROH was on to something once they finally fixed their lighting because their product used to be like really, really dark. It was really mm-hmm. odd. Oh, uh, JR used to talk about it all the time. ROH needs to fix their lighting. Um, you got to like, like ROH was on to something because that was the one thing about their show that was different when, you know, you had impact in the impact zone and you had WWE going to every single arena in the country. ROH, because they were going to these smaller buildings, it was almost like the Crockett days where you're like, oh, that's a different look. I didn't know where they were. But, you know, and then when I'd hear Rick Abani or Kevin Kelly back then say it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a cool looking little building. So you'd have all these like different little buildings that look different on TV. Now, you could tell the production was much less because they just didn't have the money. Um, well, I guess Sinclair technically did, but they, they weren't budgeted for the type of money that WWE had. But it looked different. Like that was the thing about ROH that probably one of the first things that attracted to me in the like, you know, 2015-ish time frame. Um, and I know ROH was around before that, but that's the one thing. It looked different. And and that is what you kind of miss. You definitely even miss though, it with Even WWE. those pandemic um, AEW shows where they were outside. Yeah, I mean, they were in the same building every night. I mean, you, you had to expect that from at that but point. But that was at least something different. 
Oh, but it was just still the same thing every week once they were there. <laughs> sure, sure. But my point is, <laughs> it's just, man, if they don't tell you what city in, you don't have a clue. Most of the time, that's true. I mean, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. That's the other problem, bro. That 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 that, that ship sailed. Kind of like the same. I mean, kind of like the the way the ship sailed with Studio Wrestling. You just, I mean, I know the NWA was doing a lot of that before the pandemic, but I mean, you you just can't, Look, man. I know you're ready and willing to submit and show grab your ankles for the corporate overlords, but I still think that it's possible to do some things in this world that have an aesthetic pleasing feel to it yeah you actually just have to tone it down just the little like the way AEW shoots it just tone it down just a little where it doesn't look as so overproduced just a little bit it's it well because WWE is never going to do that and I'm starting to think nor should they because they're real good at what they do and that's part of what makes them who they are so you wouldn't expect them to change but AEW has an opportunity to do something different and their show look I, we, you can argue about content but their show looks like thunder AEW? yeah i don't think so oh yeah you know what i think their show looks like it just like a it looks like a slightly more scaled down version of wwe hey, you know what's funny as you as i'm thinking about this all sports are like this now where it's just Glitz and glamour. I mean, you, you, that's right, what I'm saying. If you, hold, on, hold on. If you see like a super sports, super 70 sports, and there's some football game in the 70s, and there's a car parked, like a sedan parked in the background of the yeah. play. Yeah. It's, 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 it was, all sports was not are. airtight in the 70s. What's so No, nah, man. All, yeah, all sports. Or the 80s, man. All sports like ratcheted up like big time. It's, it's just, it's different. Like, here's the thing. This is a sport that I guess is kind of related to wrestling, but it's not. UFC. Well, I say UFC. MMA is the sport. UFC is the promotion. Bro, if you watch the way UFC is shot and go look at the way it was shot in the early years in the 90s when it started 30 years ago, it's it's the same damn thing. Like, it went from, and they didn't have studio UFC matches. My point is, like, you see it looks grungy. It looks dirty. It's it's got a different look and feel to it now, you know. <laughs> it's it's owned by a big time corporation, publicly traded company. It it's got a different look to it, and I watch a lot of UFC. So I, I mean, you get the, you steal those pay per views. I bet I don't steal pay per views. Jesus Christ! Why do you accuse me of such shit like that? So. Even that's the same thing. If we're going to be com- combating here in combat sports or even fake or pre- predetermined combat sports, I need to at least be tricked into the idea that it's a dangerous, dangerous enough environment that somebody might get stabbed. You know what? You know, I just thought about something. You know what UFC does? You don't watch it, so you wouldn't notice. You know what UFC does? Uh, and it's by- not uh, before, we, before we get there, it's not that I hate the UFC. I just don't have time. I respect it. I those guys are amazing. They're insane. I just don't have the bandwidth to roll that in, or I would. What UFC does that's unique that I believe only started during the pandemic, and they've kept doing it on several weeks uh, out of there. So they basically have 
like a fight night almost every Saturday night on um, either ESPN or ESPN Plus. Well, and then about once a month, and I'll have some UFC purists out there correct me, about once a month they have a pay-per-view. On their fight nights, during the pandemic it started, they would have their events at the uh, UFC Apex. Um, I think they started doing it in Fight Island, but then they, they moved it to the UFC Apex in, in Vegas. And the UFC Apex, to me, is as close to studio-type fighting mm. uh, or wrestling as you would get to a studio. But it's not a studio because there actually is room for a small audience of just a couple hundred people. Not not like six, seven hundred. Maybe so. I don't know how many that building holds because it's a nice size. But my point, what I'm about to say is I thought about that as you were talking about just changing things up. I don't know if Tony Khan would ever want to do that because, you know, why do that if you can go out to a building and get a couple thousand people uh, to pay? But that's something that like UFC does that I think is actually really cool. You And there's some decent fights that'll be on there. Uh, in this smaller building. And again, it became, it started because of what was going on with the pandemic. But I don't, again, as I think about it, I don't know if that works for wrestling. But to your okay, great so, point, it, to your, let me so just you know say how you, I, Go ahead. No, you. I was going to say, to your greater point, you can't do studio wrestling, but there probably needs to, something needs to be done to like change up the look of every single building looking the same because that is a problem. But yeah, then you know me and you, you know just old. I, uh, we, me and you are old. We, bro, there's people listening to us right now going, I don't even care about that. I guarantee you a guy like Javorski, he, he, he's beating it no matter because he's a moron. He's beating it. He was defending some bull crap from AEW this week. He's beating it from one end of the, the, the country to the other to anything that comes on. I mean, he watches Impact Weekly. So there's people like him who just don't even care. I think you should lay off of him. He's a true lover of the sport. Well, he needs to lay off of things, all right. Come on, you don't know that. You can't. Pr- How did you prove that? <sighs> Guy's a freaking clown. Yeah, but you don't know that he's constantly doing that to himself. He's a an active, ma- an active <laughs> masturbation. You got to see. Every now and then, I'll stumble into a a war of words between him and Kevin Carter and Chris Sapita on the Facebook group, <laughs> arguing about. Not even I don't I don't even say Kevin Carter's arguing, but him and Sapita are going back and forth about AEW. And Javorski's always his comment is always, eh, it's fine. No, it's not fine. It's terrible. Well, the reason I thought about all this is because last night I, I had the opportunity to watch uh AEW and I don't get to do terrible. that. Well, and it was the opening match with the plumber in it. And I just once again was reminded how terrible he is. The plumber. And what a what a channel changer his appearance is. And instead of changing the channel, I just sat there and started focusing on the way this was being presented. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> dude bores a me to later, death. A little bit later, out walked the uh, Orange Cassidy fella. I was like, dude, are they ever going to have anybody that's worth a shit on this program? <laughs> so we're clear. We're talking about the January 28th episode of uh, AEW. <laughs> oh, boy. It was the shit. <laughs> yeah. And now they got MJF <laughs> buddying up with Adam Cole because they're going to be tag team partners in some tournament. And I'm like, isn't that Starcade 91? Somebody messaged me saying that they were doing some kind of lottery type thing. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't. In the spirit of Harper, that's what we think of that. Now, um, but again, I'm telling you, if AEW, you if you derive enjoyment watching that product, then more power to you. That's all I'm saying. We're not calling you a bad person for liking AEW. We can disagree. That's all right. I tried it last night. I watched as much as I could before I got sleepy. Wasn't very long because it was pretty terrible, but that's a different point. Yeah, I don't. I just kind of stared at the TV. I mean, I don't even want to lie and say I didn't watch it. It was on, and I just was like, "Oh, oh." I tell you what, I I like the Young Bucks' tennis shoes they had on. I didn't was, see them. That was kind of cool. See, I said something good about the Young Bucks. There you Their go. Their tennis shoes. <laughs> Their shoes. Hey, here's my good thing about the Bucks. They're the third and fourth. Uh most channel changing characters on in the federation oh yeah cassidy moxley matt and i would nick, reverse those or nick and matt nah i gotta go cassidy number one channel changer no boogie nothing about you says computer or technology i just like what is what is the kick thing why when when omega is the fifth most channel changing character in your promotion you might not want to have your executives go around and harassing the real stars i don't even hate him man because because actually he's he's a good wrestler like he's a really really good wrestler i think his i think that's why he's fifth on my list i think his voice is weird but i can't i I just can't hate him the way i hate yeah I, i said he's fifth he's not even fifth and I don't like Jericho either, but he's kind of funny. He's so Come stupid. On. He's Jericho is so stupid. Like I, I can't hate him. He's just, it's just he's he's to too stupid Jericho to hate such him. A, the Jericho being a clown on the screen may not be an act, but that's okay. I don't care about I him think, off screen. I don't know. I think he's trolling, bro. I think he's just trolling. Probably he's just like leaning into it at this point. But well, I'm that's not, enough he, current product. That's yes, enough God. Product. I'll start getting angry if we continue this current product bullcrap. But, you know, we just we're hey, look, we want to be honest with you, the listeners. Um, we may do a little bit of uh, getting ahead over the summer with vacations coming and pay-per-views and, you know, navigating the superstar. And we've been talking about some things we could do in the pre-show to uh, keep it fun, but not necessarily tied to current events. Because we may be a couple to three weeks ahead and that shit wouldn't make sense. Now, we are firmly aware and have this discussion, if you're thinking about it right now, that Harper's not going to pay attention to any of this shit and want to come in and talk about current events. And we'll have to deal with that as it happens. Um, If a submarine goes down at the Titanic or something like that timely happens, he's going to want to talk about it. When it's to, when he wants to talk about it, we will accommodate him because that's what we do here. But we've been talking about doing some things like the discussion we just had, and maybe even don't know yet, but resurrecting the top fives. Yeah, that's your idea. I, I still got to think that over. Well, here's the thing: we could do. If you're interested in us doing top fives, send them to Mike Five Hundred Four Saints and. And we can try to accommodate some of the top fives on the air. 
That's exactly why I didn't want to <laughs> go that route. But we will see. I'm not promising anything. Okay, though. how about this? If you're a patron and you want to suggest a top five. I don't even know if we, I mean, we, we did so many of them. The problem is now those, those top fives will be different. Right. That's okay too. Remember we, we, when we, our minds learn, have changed on we some are, people. we're Renaissance men. We learn, we evolve, we change with the times. We uh, change our opinions when presented with new information. And we just like the, just like all the broads in the world, we reserve the right to change our mind at any time. I think we did like a top five most overrated one time and Sting was like in your top five, may have been your number one. And that I I know for a fact that one ain't gonna change for you. No. I'm pretty sure we did that one. I I'd have to look, but I don't I have no idea, but yeah. We did a That's bunch good. and and that was before the nineteen eighty five episode. So I mean you're talking six years ago now that we did those. Uh, I don't remember do six days ago and then and then have our BTT research team see how much we changed without even oh, knowing God. we did. I don't even want to. I wouldn't even believe it. I'd be like, I didn't say that. I didn't say it, dude. You don't tape. <laughs> hey, man, look, that wasn't me on tape. What it sounds like me, bro. Not with AI, man. That's not with AI. <laughs> That's some chat GPT shit. That ain't me. Well, before we get into this went, week's no, episode... They went into chat GPT and asked what a world-class bro- wrestling broadca- podcaster would say. And then it came out sounding like that. That ain't me. Dude, Hopper's imitation of Lance is astonishing. Everybody loves it. And I feel so as bad. Long, well, as long as it doesn't get Lance any heat. Because you people... I'm serious. Y'all need to you lay people, off. You people? You see how he talks to y'all? Well, it, here's the thing. You're only a you person if you're talking shit to Lance in a in a mean way. Like you're ribbing on him or having some fun. We're all joshing around and shit and like, you know, putting a you know, knuckles in the ribs and like kicking each other in the shin, that's fine. But you know, there was some foul shit that happened. Yeah, and you know, you're part of, Michael Hayes farted on it in his sportatorium in nineteen eighty four. Hey, and I just want to make sure this will have already happened well in advance when people uh well, in the past, when people listen, I got to know, are we're not doing one. Are you ready for the big uh, JYD? Talk about JYD uh, dark side that you're recording tomorrow. Oh, it already happened. It was great. It was fantastic. Okay. Even you if he was a recording wrestler tomorrow. that didn't, couldn't, you know, didn't know any holes. Yeah, I'll say that before I go into this show. The the myth that JYD was like just terrible in the ring, especially in like 1982, 83, that's bull crap. Like they, they, they will make it sound like he's elegante in the ring. And boy, JYD was a lot better in the ring than people give him credit for, especially when he was in shape. And that's all I'll say. I agree. I thought that was a good episode. I'm, you wouldn't let me talk about it, but that's okay. I don't need to. Um, well, they got the, they got all about- the, look, they, they, Here's the thing about that show. I'm going to talk about it on the JYD episode. They 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 mess up timelines all kinds of ways. Every single episode, the timelines are messed up. Like sometimes it's worse than others. In the JYD case, I'll give you one specific example. They said he got fired from Vince and he was working the indies. Right. No, he wasn't. He went to WCW. Yeah. And, and, and 
And I guess it depends on what you mean by indies. Did he maybe work one show that was an outlaw show? But sure, I guess that could happen. And we all. And they they sent him. They show footage. You're like, oh, he left and worked. For, went he, he and then he went and then he went to WCW to work for Bill Watts. Uh, hello, that doesn't actually happen at first. He had like three stints in WCW before he then went back when Watts had the book. Or, or took control. So it's like they even messed that up. But I guess they just don't get into the intricacies of it and the nuance. I don't know. But Nobody cares lines, as much as you do. That's what it is, Mike. No, a lot of people care because that's all I hear about whenever I tweet about those shows or whenever we talk about it on Patreon. Everybody's like, man, they messed up this time frame. I'm like, yeah, they sure did. The problem is it, 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 if we concentrated on just that when we talk about dark side of the ring we'd never get through the actual episode that the things they do talk about because the we'd be correct in the time frames non-stop like they, their time frames that. are off their time frames are terrible they are so the, the jyd one was glaring it, but they they just they don't nail the timeline on things at all and in i think it's two things one is they weren't really watching week by week during that time. They're wrestling fans, but they're also talking to all these old wrestlers who, let's be real, some of them have fried brains and they can't tell you the timelines. So, I'm just saying. Hey, I, I think you know. I think you're making too much of a deal about time. It's not time's not important. Okay. Well, Doc, before we get into January 18th, 1992. Before we get into the episode, I did want to say um, the Clash is coming up, and yeah. the only way you can access the Clash review is by going to tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That is tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Uh, it is how you can access not only this Clash, which I believe is Clash 18 that will be coming up after this airs, and um, also the previous 17 we did, all of the WCW pay-per-views dating back to 1987. So much there, 400-plus exclusive episodes, the ECW shows, the NWA Power shows, the world-class shows, all available on Patreon. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT, 400 exclusive shows, along with the video versions that we do each and every week. All right, Doc, it is time to get into this week's episode of Saturday Night, covering January 18th, 1982. Do you believe, I mean, we're already, what, three weeks into uh, 92? This is nuts. We can't do anything about it, so we might as well talk about it. So the intro is a little cut off because we joined the show in progress. We are still still in center stage. Remember, this is the second half of the card that started last week in center stage. I did not look up the reason that uh, the front of the episode was cut off or how much was cut off. I suppose I could look. We know it's not Braves baseball because uh, it's only in January here. I suppose the Hawks could have been playing, but... Who knows? I didn't look. Uh, one of my uh, Atlanta TBS experts will get on that. Rick Rude is battling some gentleman wrestler in the ring. I have no clue who this guy is because we joined it in progress. Lots of sting chants. We get some dick dancing. The dogs are about to start barking, barking over here. Rude hits the Rude Awakening and gets the win. Doc, any thoughts on this uh, rather quick matchup? It doesn't go long. I mean, we're like a minute in before we uh, go to a promo. Yeah, this guy looked like I don't know. Some kind of great value Tim Horner or something. I thought he was like a great value Malky at first too. 
bulky with more with more bulky or yeah, bulky um, or maybe like a real low rent homeless person's uh Ron Garvin. Yeah, I don't I don't know who it is. You see Rude when he hit the Rude Awakening, he no, like we didn't because we missed a bunch of shit there because we missed the we missed the the opening bell, we missed the finisher. Well, when he hits the rude awakening, he hits it, and then they yeah. cut away to Paul Lee. I'm like, why are you cutting away to Paul Lee? He's about to pin this dude. Right, we missed the um, pin and we missed the opening bell. Great job, WC, WCW, everyone. Yeah, so be it. Any any other thoughts on the match? So it, it was. What is that? What does the side of his tights say? I don't know. Why don't you read his butt? I don't want to read his butt. I can't see it. It's okay. not clear enough. This isn't exactly 1080p. No, it's not. I think, I think it says Rick Rude. Okay. I didn't know. I was just asking. I can't you tell. Get, hey, but you got to get high. Come on. Calm down. All right. When we go to commercial, we see a clip of Cactus and Abdullah kind of fighting it out. <laughs> uh, and well... We're going to go now to Cactus and Abdullah again. They have a promo to cut. I guess they've patched things up. Let's see what they got to say. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to World Championship Wrestling. In just a few moments, we're going to go back to the ring to see Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher take on Brad Armstrong and the Z-Man. Remember last week, Cactus and Abdullah were fighting each other. They made these pre-recorded comments that we'll listen to now, and then we'll see the top ten. This is no story, this is real life, and the fact of it is, in real life, brothers sometimes fight. Best friends sometimes have their differences, but they can make it up like we did. We have too much in common to throw it away and a little bit of a family feud. Too much in common. We have pain in common and we're not through yet distributing it in liberal doses. Don't you understand? Abdullah the Butcher and I are not friends. We're not family. We're soulmates. So don't you write us off. Don't you write a song, because there's a lot more pain let to go. We're like two peas in a pod, two nuts in a shell. Ah! Bang, bang! Any thoughts on that, Doc? I thought that was great. <laughs> they're so crazy, they're fighting. And just... We can't change who we are. Uh-oh, I immediately torn off by the misspelling no no keep keep uh, going Just keep talking okay, about the promo uh, okay <laughs> don't get um, sidetracked by that i talked about that I last just week can't. i just can't oh, <laughs> uh, it it throws well there's another one jesus christ can we talk about the promo he's he's commenting okay. on the top 10 the same I, shit last week <laughs> i thought he was good i thought you know it's like man yeah we're messed up but we're family we're we're bonded by pain you know we're we're Liberal doses. That means a, that means a large amount. It's not political. All you people out there, feel like I you know, to say that. Yeah, I mean, you do. Everybody's ready to get work to shoot these days. Um, you remember last week they were brawling. So Cactus says they're back together, and he says something actually is very true, which is, you know, brothers and best friends they kind of fight and have their differences, especially brothers, like. If you got a sibling, I don't have any. Um, 
But man, I was around enough guys who fought with their brothers all the time, like all the time to the point where I, I had, I had to break up several brawls between brothers growing up. I'm like, come on, man, y'all brothers, what are y'all doing? You know? Um, so yeah, I, as crazy as Cactus and Abdullah are, it's kind of true. And then the other part is Abdullah speaking what JR says later is, uh, what language did he say he was speaking? Sudanese. It has to be Sudanese. He's the madman from Sudan. JR said he's speaking Sudanese. <laughs> Sudan what? This is nineteen ninety two if there ever was a time. All right, let's keep moving. I just uh, that laugh that made me laugh. We go to the WCW top ten and yeah, lots of names are misspelled. Ron Simmons is not in it in the top ten still. Uh, Pittsburgh is spelled wrong. Truth or Consequences, New Mexico is spelled wrong. Uh, lots of mistakes, but there's that. And then we go to the next match, which is Tom Zink, the Z-Man, Chris yeah. Zonch's favorite wrestler, and Brad Armstrong. So he's got a new tag team partner versus Cactus Jack and Abdullah. So, yeah, Z-Man has a new partner. He's got Brad now. This match isn't getting started in the ring, though. As the crazy guys are coming in, Cactus and Abdullah, uh, Brad and Z-Man start fighting them on the outside. It's it's a brawl. I mean, it's a brawl from the start. And Cactus takes a bump over one of the barricades. Abdullah is literally monkey flipped by Brad. It's it's just a brawl on the outside. Doc, any thoughts on this? That looks uh, like Klondike Bill right there. I was just listening to a one of those tapes that they put out with JR's old radio show in the nineties. And, uh, this kid called in and goes, so who was arachnid man? Cause he looks like Brad Armstrong. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, well, I haven't seen a arachnid man in around a while and he never took off his mask, but I, you know, there are some striking similarities. Protect K fabe at all costs. Even if it's arachnid man. Yeah. Well, Christ. so, um, man, Brad, it's good to see him, but, you know, he's going to eat a pen here. What do you think? Nope. What is Brad's next gimmick? Nobody got misused more in a promotion than him. I mean, we've seen some crazy stuff. Like, you know, they put Jack Victory in a, in a few different things. And he was like in that flight suit at one point, Secret Service. He was one of the Russian assassins. Um, what else did he do? He had like four gimmicks. Oh, he was one, the royal family. He had like four gimmicks inside of like a year and a half. But, you know, Brad, they... I don't know, man. Candyman, Arachnaman. Well, and, la- and last week, Zink and Pillman were together. Yeah, They're that's back what I was together. saying. Yeah, they were back together. Now he's out there with Brad. I don't get it. It's like they were like, well, we're paying you, Brad. Why don't you go out there and wrestle with Tom? Well, I didn't bring my Arachnaman get up. That's eh, all right. That shit ain't over anyway. Well, nah, I think <laughs> at this point, they were done. I think Arachnaman's done. Oh, okay. I don't... I'm. I'll eat my words. Watch. I think Arachnaman. Yeah, you will. Right now. Yeah, I could be wrong. Okay. 
All right. Any other thoughts before we go to the finish of this thing? Yeah, I want to see the finish here. I want to. I want your opinion on something that's about to happen. All right. So Brad is laying into Abdullah, but Cactus grabs Brad from behind. Brad staggers to Abdullah, and Abdullah hits Brad with a throat thrust that he kind of does. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like almost like a chop to the throat, which looks really good. And of course, Brad sells the shit out of it. And then Abdullah drops one of his big flappy titties on Brad with the elbow. What? And Abdullah and Cactus win when Brad eats the pin. What did you want to ask me? That fly, that flop right there, it seems like he's taken away from the pin. I don't like it. You mean Z-Man diving over the top rope on the Cactus? That, the yes, I didn't like that. Well, I don't know, because then Cactus... Cactus sends him into the barricade head first, and Z-Man's now... That was better. Yeah, that looked good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole point of this match was get over Cactus and Abdullah, and after they jump Z-Man, Cactus and Abdullah are going to start fighting again. And here we go. They're brawling again, and Abdullah yeah. hits Cactus with multiple chair shots to the head, and they they just go at it. And the fans are going nuts. So I guess it's I like good. It. I like it because... They're the only two guys that can carry out this level of credible, out-of-control violence on this TV show and get away with it. Meanwhile, Brad and Z-Man are gone. They're back <laughs> counting their money from the pay window, bruh. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, Cactus and Abdullah are going to brawl for a little while before we uh, go to commercial. And that was that. Multiple chairs. They're fighting. Four referees trying to pull them apart. Doesn't happen. From there, we go to Notice the... Notice they, w- they spell everything right on the part where they're trying to get some money, though. You mean for the WCW Magazine clip? Yeah. 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 From there, we go to the WCW Magazine with Eric Bischoff. And Bischoff repeats, Lex Luger is working out and laying low. And, and yeah, he's going to uh, make a statement soon. So let me go to that. Can I translate that? Uh, the WCW and Lex Luger have come to a contract negotiation impasse, and uh, we're starting to think that Lex Luger may be on his way to the WPF. Let's go to Harley Race, who he's got something to say about Luger. Next Tuesday on the Clash of Champions, the world's heavyweight champion is going to tell to the world who his next victim is going to be. Hear me right when I tell you this. Next Tuesday, Clash of Champions, Lex Luger is going to name the victim. And when he gets down to it in the ring, buddy, down to it like only he's capable of doing, you people know that I'm telling you the truth. Lex Luger, the man of the 90s. Lex Luger, world's heavyweight champion, just came back from defending his belt in Tokyo, Japan. The greatest athlete on the face of God's green earth is going to walk out here and tell you who his next victim is going to be on the Clash of Champions next Tuesday. All right, so... It's a credible update in that Lex is now going to tell you who his next victim is going to be. My biggest problem is, weren't we told at Starcade that 
the winner of Battle Bowl was going to get a world title shot? Sure. Everything was airtight, brother. Your thoughts on this, Doc? Um, Did you hear Harley say you people? Yeah, a lot of people used to say that back in the day. Doesn't make it right. Oh, oh, okay. You should know that. I should, but I okay. don't. Continue. Well, we're going to hear from the champ, and he's going to change the steps. Speaking of champions, let's continue. We got to hear something from Eric Bischoff here, and then there's going to be a promo by Paulie, Bobby, and Arn. Well, there certainly seems to be more to this than Luger and Race are willing to divulge at this time. We will certainly attempt to update you on this situation in upcoming days. Meanwhile, in other championship news, Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton defeated Dustin Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat to win the WCW World Tag Team titles this week. The new champions who represent the Dangerous Alliance made this statement a few hours after their controversial victory. First was the World's Television Championship, then the United States Heavyweight Championship, and now, like I have promised you, the World Tag Team Championship has fallen into the hands of the Dangerous Alliance as we slowly but surely move towards total domination here in World Championship Wrestling. My only question this week to you is this. Is anybody truly surprised? Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby have both been declared the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Equally, they share that honor. Together they are the greatest tag team unit that has ever wrestled in front of any audience on the face of this planet. The left hand of Anderson, the right hand of Eaton, together, will write the most brutal chapter in the history of tag team wrestling, and they'll write that chapter in their opponent's blood. I wished we could cut these in half, because on a match like we had with you, there were no losers, but there can only be two champions. Don't misconstrue our admiration for your ability, Steamboat and Rhodes. Don't misconstrue that with our ability and need to excel in this sport. There can only be two champions. You look at them, so whether it's Wyndham, Simmons, the Signers, it doesn't matter. These belong to us now. We certainly cannot discount the athletic ability of Anderson and Eaton. However, it is somewhat alarming that Paul E. Dangerously and the Dangerous Alliance now are in control of the United States Heavyweight title and the World Television title and now the World Tag Team Championships. The Dangerous Alliance also has the opportunity to eliminate two of their biggest rivals this Tuesday night at the Clash of Champions when Rude and Austin collide with Sting and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The Stinger and the Dragon must approach this bout very cautiously because it's obvious that Dangerously and company will stop at nothing to eliminate two of WCW's most popular competitors. All right. So Arn and Bobby win the titles. That actually happened about 10 days after this taping occurred. So January 16th, they won those titles in Jacksonville for anybody out there keeping track. Um, I'll remind you of that when we get to later on in the show and uh, a tag team match that we have. Doc, I loved Arn here. Don't misconstrue our admiration for your ability, Steamboat and Rhodes, for our ability and need to excel in this sport. These belong to us now. 
<laughs> Jesus. And dude, he's wearing the watch and the necklace and just the, the way he lifted his eyebrows and his eyes at the end of it. I that's that's Siri, what does a wrestler look like? Yeah. Siri, what does a promo sound like? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So they're doing one more. We got one more thing to cover in the WCW magazine segment with Bischoff. Bischoff is going to throw to the young pistols now who uh, listen to Tracy. We don't give a hill of beans about these fans. Here it is. Now let's turn our attention to the Young Pistols. The U.S. Tag Team Champions, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers, have made it very clear that they want to wrestle the Steiner Brothers. Perhaps the Pistols feel that to obtain the respect they feel they deserve, they must defeat Rick and Scott, who are certainly considered one of WCW's greatest all-time duos. Here are their comments. You know, to get respect in this sport, you go to the bully. When you're out on that schoolyard, you don't beat up some young punks. You beat up the baddest one. And Steiners, you're the baddest one in WCW. You're the former United States Tag Team Champions, former World Tag Team Champions. You beat everybody there is to beat, but you've never beat the Young Pistols. You've never faced a team that can beat you in as many ways as we can. You've never faced a duo that works together as well as the Young Pistols. And the one big difference between you and us is that you care about all those fans out there, and we don't give a hill of beans about them we'll do whatever it takes to hold on to our titles to advance to the world tag team titles that's right steiner brothers we've been all around the world we know you have too we know you've had all the belts you've held the japan belt the nationwide united states well it don't matter no more because you got two young studs in town two in shape studs if you know what i'm talking about and to ride us around you're gonna have to be ready all night long because we're coming with both barrels loaded and we're gonna ride you around like a couple of rodeo clowns boys we look forward to this tag team contest, and we will keep you informed. Just think of Tracy there, Doc. I thought Tracy was good. A hill of beans, bro. That's a lot of beans. Now, I like <laughs> Steve Armstrong. When he does his head to the side at the end, he's doing Stone Cold. Look at him. Run that back he, the last 10 seconds of yeah, Steve. He, he looks like Stone Cold there. Not Stone Cold bald-headed, but he looks like Steve Austin. He yeah he does. You put your Bible, your three sixteen. Yeah, Bruh. I I know people will hear that and go, what do you what is he talking about? But no, if if you really watch him, he's doing that thing where Austin when Austin would cut his promo where he kind of like wobbles his head back and forth, and, and Steve does that right there. It, he he he. I know I know like I can already hear people. Like, what is Doc talking about? Nah, Doc actually is onto something with that. I picked that up that he had did that in Smokey, but I mean, I think I think they were both good there, and I I will not understand why we had to treat these guys like chumps. Well, we had to make them from Wyoming because being from the South was too southern. <laughs> Even though we shoot our shit, our program in Atlanta, Georgia. Ah, okay. okay. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff closes it out. He reminds us that the clash is coming up on this Tuesday, so don't miss it. And again, we will review it in a few days on Patreon at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. I usually drop the clashes the day after, uh, so like a Friday evening, uh, the day after. Oh, the that's nice. You can sit Thursday and drink show. your moonshine out there and listen to us. Okay. Next matchup, Terry Taylor, excuse me, versus Joey Mags. 
JR, once again, I need to get to a timestamp because I had somebody ask me about this um, several weeks ago. Here, give this a listen. What I had heard regarding the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. And I know that the NWA Board of Directors have been meeting in recent days. And we hope to have a major announcement regarding the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. And I hope to have that information gathered by this Tuesday at the Clash of Champions. All right, so there you go. Something to look forward to at the Clash of Champions. Maybe um, we'll get some kind of update and JR will stop teasing us because he keeps teasing us. It's like the third time he's mentioned that. So just wanted to point that out. As far as this match goes, Taylor and Mags. Taylor makes quick work of Mags and he's going to win with a five arm. Doc, uh, you got anything from this one? Nothing. It's pretty quick. I say quick. It's like a, you know. It's like a minute, two minutes, two, three minutes or so. But I will say one thing. Since laying down some pipe on Mrs. York and ditching her, he's been pretty damn dominant in the ring. Yeah, but he's kind of boring me now. I'm turning on him. Are you serious? Yeah, I I don't like his promo he's about to cut either. What's wrong with the promo? I just didn't think it did anything. Well... I'm going to play it. I'll let the people be Great, curious. thanks. That's that's For the awesome. tailor-made man, it looks like, as far as you're concerned, <laughs> that 1992 will be the year of the tailor-made man. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, what exactly is a tailor-made man? Well, it's somebody who sure doesn't need any of these idiots out here and nobody out there to be a success. I've done it by myself. I let that computer almost ruin my career. So now I'm going to do it myself. I'm on my way to the top. I'm telling everybody right now, as the weeks progress, even these stupid people might learn what it's like to be the tailor-made man. They won't like it. It's too bad. There's nothing anybody can do about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, comments from the tailor-made man. And we've got- I mean, I like it. He, he's- no, I care what the fans think makes you a heel. What makes you tailor-made? <sighs> yeah, you got me. You feel it, too. You're like, damn, he's right. I don't know what to say. No, Taylor Mays. I don't want to fight with him because that's what we're supposed to do on this show. But you know I just told you the truth. He's a heel. Does it have to make sense? He's a heel. A little bit would help. No, I disagree on this one. He's he's the Taylor May man. It it is what it is. Uh, Oh, that's great. All right. Well, let's continue. Uh, We see an ad for Super Brawl. And then after that, we go to <sighs> Van Hammer and versus <laughs> Chuck Coates. And real quick, Doc, Chuck Coates frequently comments on the Facebook page for the show whenever I'm posting clips and pictures. So I don't know if Chuck listens to this, but if he does, I want to tell him thank you for listening to the show. Thank uh, you, Chuck. Now, I have, a, I have a point here that I want to point out as we're watching this on the video version. And I swear to God, to Jesus above, praise be to Allah, that I did. we did not talk about what you just said. I, my note, word for word, right here says, I feel like Coates really made Band Hammer look decent in this match. That was my only note from this match is I picked up on Chuck Coates' work in this match. And I had no idea you were about to say that. I mean, he did. 
he's a quality enhancement talent. He's in there with a guy who, in JR's words, too much too soon and he needed to fine-tune that gimmick, not on national TV every week. Look at so, that clothesline. He threw a good missed clothesline there. Yeah, he takes a nice bump, nice bump yeah. on the drop kick. Takes the slam well. And you know he's taking his life in his hands being in here with this guy who's likely to kill him. Looking like Dan Spivey right there. It's. I'm not going to fast forward through this because I I think people just think we just hate this dude and we shouldn't, but this guy. The term drizzling shits was created. Like, I was afraid he was going to tip him on back there. Looks like a million bucks. Russell's like a half a penny. I don't know how else to say it. If Chuck Coates looked like Van Hammer, things would have been better for everybody. (laughs) Chuck is selling his ass off for this guy. I told you. (laughs) The backdrop. that That was my note. And yeah. I was like, he's not going to believe me now that I, I got to say this. Look, look, look when Van Hammer gives him the leg drop. Watch Coates. Watch the way he sells it. Yep. <laughs> so it's like he does like a backwards worm, <laughs> except one from his back, not his stomach. <laughs> we get the we will, we will rock you stomp that Van Hammer love to do. Oh, my God. That's nice. Slingshot suplex. Van Hammer wins. Was my comment? It's not good. It's not good. No. Yeah. All we can hope for is the brutality to be unleashed uh, this Tuesday night at the Clash of Champions. That's right. Well, after this, we go to uh, Jim Ross, and he talks about PN News and Mr. Hughes. He's going to throw to a clip of Hughes and News from several weeks back, and he says that we're going to have a grudge a grudge match now of what we saw go back, go on back then. Now what's weird is this is January 18th of 92. That kind of angle that they shot with news in his eye, quote unquote, being damaged with Hughes. That feels like it was like six weeks ago, but I guess it was the show yeah. right before the Starcade. So you're still talking about almost a month ago now that this happened, right? Yeah. I guess just the way it ends up airing because you had Starcade and then what was weird though, see they say three weeks ago. So it was three weeks ago on Saturday night. It feels like longer than that because we had so many shows in between them with Starcade. But man, three weeks is a long time for me to care about whatever happened to PN News. Like if it was so important, we probably should have saw it the week after and not three weeks later. But It could be thoughts. five minutes or five years. I don't give a shit. Okay, well... I don't know. I, Mr. Hughes has really grown on me during this era. He's he, he's picked his he's his stock has risen uh, since the draft combine. I mean, uh, as a result of rewatching this, I agree. Yeah, and, and he wasn't bad when he was doing the big cat thing. It just the gimmick wasn't working. But him with the suit on and the glasses, it, it suspenders. I love it. It's perfect. So we go to the match. It is Hughes versus PN News. News wraps before the match. News says. He doesn't care if he wins or loses, but he's going to do to Hughes what Hughes did to him. So let's get to it. 
What? That's what he said. I'm just, yeah. Doc, your thoughts on news shaking his junk and getting his groove on here? Well, um, have we ever considered the fact that we're somewhat lucky that WCW bills PN News from Motown and not straight from the hood? Because that's something they would have done. I think they thought Motown was the hood. That's fair. That's probably true. Um, because if you remember in one of News's first promos, he says to Dusty on the Bullet of Woods, or the bull drops in, remember that? Yeah, News says, you know when you're talking about Motown, you're talking about the hood. Okay. Uh, he he, News is he so said f- that statement, but go ahead. Okay. PN News is so fat he can't really fire up here. He does look awkward. But I like him. He, he's okay. over, man. They laugh at him. You, they have fun that, with this that's guy. you playing the race card, though, I think, right there. If he <laughs> was a big white it. tubby piece of shit, you would be putting <laughs> boots to him. I still laugh at the magazine where it's him and Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> Black dudes Come in the on. magazine. <laughs> Johnny, B. Like was, Johnny B. Bad was on BT. <laughs> Talking about the plight of the black wrestler. That that's that, not classic. If we, if only I, Hank Aaron would have seen it. If I, I would, dude. If that tape ever surfaces, I'm dying to see it. This man was on BT. Get, get Johnny B. Bad on WWE's most wanted treasures. Oh my God. <sighs> All right, Doc, uh, let's go to this match. What do you have from these two big bulls going at it? These two big dudes, man. Um, The difference, they're big, bull, they're big, but the difference is, is that Hughes moves so effortlessly compared to uh, news that he makes news look bad as a result. Mr. Hughes is a great bumping big man. He, he's an athlete. Dude, he can move, and nobody ever talks about him. He's light on his feet for a man of that size. He sure is. He can get around that ring. I mean, if you look at him, I don't know how much more or less he weighs. Well, he weighs less than News. But you look at News, and News isn't fluid in his movements. Mr. Hughes is smooth. He bumps smooth. Everything he does looks great. I mean, he, he made News look great in this match. And he didn't even fall asleep. He didn't even fall asleep. All right, Doc. Any thoughts before we go into the finish of this one? Uh, wasn't a huge fan of the finish, but uh, these guys worked hard. So News slams Hughes. Then News hits Hughes with a belly-to-belly. This sounds like a fucking Dr. Seuss rhyme. It does. It really does as I'm going through it. News hits the broken record. But Vader comes out and pulls news off of Hughes. And it does sound like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. And Vader pulls. Who's news Hughes? News. news, Hold on, bro. Look what what Vader tries to pull news to the bottom rope. He's too fat. He can't get it through. He can't get it through. He can't get it through the bottom rope. And he gets on the apron and they start slugging it out. 
I don't know what the ref's doing because he sees all this shit. Like the ref sees all this interference and it doesn't. He doesn't That's bring not the, the reason bell. I dislike this. That's the reason, or it's not the reason. That's not the reason. Okay, what is the reason? We got a mysterious big bastard that we're trying to do something with, and his presence on the show was to interfere against PN News and then be brought to the level of having to trade punches with the guy. I think that you need to keep Bader a little bit more untouched than that. No, okay. I mean, yep. I can live with that. I'm right. I'm there. I'm I'm totes right. But they did bring out the Steiners to level it back up. Yeah, that was okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. these teams are going to go at it at the clash. So I guess that's why they did it too. I'm interested in that. That the, So there's your answer as to why they brought Vader out there. I get it. And you got to remember too, Hughes is being managed by Harley. Harley's also with Vader. So, I mean, you got tie-ins there, even though you're saying you're feeling like they I'll brought Vader down it, a level. But I didn't care for it. All right. The next match is Larry the Cruncher Zabisco versus Ron Simmons. <laughs> it's so funny. Larry the Cruncher Zabisco. That's Doc, stupid, thoughts? but I had a feeling that when Larry saw Ron round that corner out that stupid hallway, he was like, man, it's time to retire. It's time to wrap this shit up. I, I felt like this was Larry's moment, like Ole getting picked up by the Steiners in that match when he got super lifted off his feet. Larry was like, you know, this is a young man's game. Dude, Ron Simmons is a big son of a gun, too. He's a big bastard. And recently on Arn's podcast, he had to Mount Rush, he had to got asked the Mount Rushmore of tough fellas. And uh, he said, um, Haku, Brock, Ron Simmons, and before the car wreck, probably Dick Slater. Ron's just intimidating. Like, when you stand next to him, bro, he, he's he's not like six foot eight or something like that, but he's just tall enough at like that six three range or whatever he's in, and he's big, wide shoulders, and he's just a He's just a big look. He's a man. You look at him, you're like, that dude can fuck somebody up. Well, and it's about presence, too. He's not. I don't get it that he's a mean guy. But I would rather fight Butch Reed than him. And they're both. They were both, you know. I don't know what it is, but my spidey sense for survival says that's not the guy I want to pick with. Now, they're all bigger than me, and I get this. But what I'm saying is. Braun Strowman's bigger than Ron Simmons, but I ain't fighting Ron Simmons. <laughs> yeah, you ain't fighting any of them, but yeah. He's like you said, he's got a presence. The other thing I really that popped out for the, this, this is a good match. I mean, Larry does the Chuck Coates role and bumps all over for Ron, makes him look like a million bucks like he's supposed to. Um I really like Medusa in this role. She's credible as a female. She's tough. She doesn't take a step back. She's willing to get in there. At one point, she hits Ron. It's just, she's she's really good in that role. She fits it well. 
She does. I don't mean, I guess she's a valet, but I don't know. It's She she fits the role. I love me some Medusa. 100%. All right, any other thoughts as I'm working towards what we see in the finish, Doc? No. All right, so Ron fires up on Larry the Cruncher. He hits Larry with like two flying shoulder tackle, shoulder blocks. Larry bumps his ass off. I mean, they look they look great. He ends up missing a third one. Larry then goes for a brain buster when Ron misses and goes into the corner. But Simmons kind of blocks it and inside cradles Larry's Abisco. And Ron pin, wins by pin. After the match, though, Larry keeps his heat. He hits Simmons with the brain buster. He gets the heat back. And I thought that was kind of a good way to do it, like, to me. I thought that was really good. Like, you give Ron the win, but then Larry does his brain buster, and that's that. So, your thoughts? I agree. I thought the right guy, you know, I thought he needed, Simmons needed to win, but Zabisco keeps the dangerous alliance looking dangerous and alliance. There you go. There totally you go. agree. Yep. All right, so we go to commercial, and then we come back, and we're going to go over the main event for this week's show, which is Steve. What are you laughing at? Bobby. Bob, what, t- tell the people what Bobby Eaton does. He's coming down the hallway. He's coming down that dumbass hallway, and he picks out a picture of Sting and is laughing at it as he comes through. Look at Bobby's face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to whoop this fellow's ass. And, and uh, on, Paul, 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 Paul rips it up. Let's go to the ring. All right, so... They do a tag match for the main event. It is Steve Austin and Bobby Eaton versus Sting and Bagwell. But remember, earlier in the show, it was announced that Eaton and Arn had won the world tag titles from Steamboat and Dustin. So, we got to remember here. This show we're reviewing was taped 10 days before Eaton and Arn won the titles on January 16th in Jacksonville. So, this is being taped before Eaton and Arn are taped. Tag champs, which I know you're like, oh, the continuity, but this is kind of what happened in the day and age when everything wasn't live. And I'm like, why aren't the tag champs out here? I mean, I'm not complaining too much. I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's Saturday night and this is a hell of a match. At the time of the taping, Eaton wasn't a champ yet. And that's why he's out there with Austin instead of. And Ron. I got to say, they're they're giving Bagwell a lot of shine here. I'm not against it. I'm just saying he's getting a prompt. Look at that back. He's got a big-ass back. Bagwell, okay. that is. You want to shave it? Uh, only if I can get his balls, too. <laughs> you popped Harper last week. <laughs> when we were talking about the relief thing. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? What did you say? These are these are the balls you're looking for. <laughs> he, he, he laughed for a long time. He did. Oh man! All right, let's even get back superstars. To this. Even superstars need to laugh. He was <laughs> These are the balls you're looking for. All right, Austin and Eaton versus Sting and Bagwell. Sting is going to take the heat in this thing as Austin and Eaton really work him over. But to your point, Bagwell is getting a lot of shine here. Uh, I mean, look hey, at look, last week. Bagwell is not. Looking. Bagwell isn't Lutez here. But he's not being hammer either. Sure ain't. And that's the problem is, is that it's not that you're bringing in green talent. You're bringing in green talent that doesn't really have a. They 
can't do anything. Bagwell gets covered here. Well, because he's in there with against two guys that can work. He's got a big name on his side, and I'm going to say something about that in a minute. And he's capable. He's not, you know, again, he's not Lutez, but he's capable out there. Okay. Two big differences between Bagwell and Van Hammer when you're talking about the, the spot they put Bagwell in here. Bagwell, for what it's worth, when you watch him as a wrestler, although young right here, sure, he might not be great and all the way polished like he needs to be, but he at least can do the moves and play the part Although he's not polished and needs work because he's so young. But they cover that, that he's working with Mike Graham and he's learning new skills and there's a way through that. Meanwhile, with Van Hammer, he's out there with enhancement talents or people that actually, not only out there with Van with enhancement talents, he clearly not only can't work like Bagwell at this stage, but the gimmick is ridiculous right. and absurd. So he's got the double whammy going for him in which, again, go back to what JR said, the guy needed to be off of national TV fine-tuning that gimmick in whatever he's trying to do in the ring. Right. So, yes. I mean, Bagwell's in a hell of a spot here, and he's also in there with a bunch of pros. Now, as we say that, Sting ain't no 10-year veteran at this point. Um, He's not, but I'm going to tell you this. I thought Sting was really good in this match. And it continues my premise that Sting is not terrible in the ring by a long shot. He's good in the ring when he has the right dance partners. And boy, you know, right here, he's got the right dance partners. And I don't Even mind if, yeah. I don't mind the him screaming for the crowd here. That's an awesome thing for him to do, and the crowd responds, and the crowd's into it. It's when he does it. It, when he does it at the end of a promo, like he just spit forth, you know, hard times or <laughs> spilled more liquor and he hits the woo like he's our RVD pose that I have a problem with the big sting yell. The triple. I thought sting. sting was really good in this match. And he has to be to cover up Bagwell. And again, Bagwell's not bad. But we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, we're, there, there's a point we're trying to achieve here, and it takes some work. You know what I'm saying? I do. The funny part about it, you're talking about Sting, then in the the guys he's in here with, he's been in the business longer than Austin at this point. That's what I, yeah, that, yeah. Which is interesting because Austin looks like he's, not that Sting looks bad, but dude, Austin looks like a ten year pro. He, he I, himself. Way, Boom. What's that? See, Sting was really good there. Giving the two yeah, elbows from the corner to the guys running in on him. That was good stuff. Sting does a good job here. Yeah, Sting's kicking well, Austin and shoots Austin into the corner. And we can make the toys, and he can have the matches. But if we're going to put the belt on him and ask him to talk, I'm going to have to pull the, 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 the emergency brake on that. You know what's funny? If they'd allowed Bobby Eaton to talk all the time, you'd probably say the same thing about him. Maybe, but they didn't. They knew what they were doing. There you go. They knew, like, there's a reason you heard Bobby Eaton talk five times in his career. Can I get 51-52? I actually think I have that. So hold on. Because I have that same timestamp. Okay. All right, we're That's about to good. get to it. We're, Sting we're... just flies over the top rope. 
just watch yeah. it here. He fuck. I mean, he goes. I was this like, was holy nice. shit! Watch, boy, he's a pro. Let me tell you something. Watch how he hooks his arm on it, so that when he goes over, there's no chance he's gonna really hurt anything. See how he got that arm hooked on the rope, and is he that flipped was nice. over? And I thought the two guys helped. You know, first of all, it was visually awesome because it makes Eaton look smart. And all three guys working together there. Yes. Because that, that could be dangerous for a couple or three or somebody could get hurt. And they all three pulled. That's a great shot right there. Those three guys all pulled it off and they had to be correct with it. Or, again, somebody who's playing a prominent role in the promotion could get pretty messed up. So he hooks his left arm around the top rope. And then as he's going over, he grabs the rope with both hands and he did it perfect because that stopped him from literally killing himself. But it looked devastating the way he goes over like, cause he cause the way he flies over and you're right. All the guys were working together there for it. Yeah. This sting worked his tail off. Sting looks great. He, he, yeah, he was good here. I, 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 where do we call it? Down the middle. There you go. Always down the middle. Any other time? Always. No, I'm I'm ready to hit the finish and and then uh, hit the tagline. Well, the thing about this match that makes it so good is Sting. You know, you might think, well, Bagwell is going to be the the young guy; he's going to take the heat. But actually, mm-hmm. it's Sting who who mm-hmm. takes the heat in this match. So Sting finally fires back, and he fires up, and he makes the hot tag to Bagwell, and Bagwell comes in and is doing his thing. Paul Lee though trips Bagwell as Bagwell is backing up into the ropes. And Sting sees it and attacks Paul Lee, which is a great reaction. The problem is, to me, it made Sting look kind of dumb because now Bagwell gets hit with a stun gun by Austin and Austin pins Bagwell. Eh, you know what? I say it made him look dumb, but maybe it did. And he's just trying to do his job. Um, I just hate when they kind of make when they when baby when they make baby faces get distracted and they shouldn't. Um, that's the only reason why I said that. You could distract them. That's fine. But it, it needs to be believables. It, it it can't be a situation where it distracts them in its clearest day. It's going to cost their team to match. I think that's the problem I had with it. Um, so anyway. Oh, uh, Paul. Anytime Paul has physicalities, it's funny. Yeah, when Sting had him like in that headlock this or day. sleeper, he he just panics. Look at him. Look, look at it. Look <laughs> yeah. at it. He's flailing like a five-year-old on the ground. Yeah. You know what? Now that I rewatch it, he's Sting's not really distracted. He's just fighting off two people. He can't help himself. And then the Dangerous Alliance comes out, so Sting is out there battling them, and they're holding him back. He can't even get in the ring to say Bagwell is Bagwell's pinned by Austin. Uh, after the match, the Dangerous Alliance again is out there. Paulie takes his belt off, and he's about to start laying it in the Bagwell and his back. Uh, finally, Dustin hits the ring. Ron Simmons, Ricky Steamboat hit the ring to chase off the Dangerous Alliance. And we're out of time as we go off air, headed towards the Clash of the Champions. Paul is hilarious with the belt as he hits Bagwell's hydrated back. Mm. Uh, this was this was good. You know what? As I'm re-watching it, I don't think they made Sting look bad. Now that I'm seeing a, a second No, I don't think time. so. I didn't take that away. I didn't take away that away. Any thoughts uh, before we I, rate I it and hand out this. some Rolexes? Yeah, I, it's good. I, the thing is, we got a lot of 
top baby faces that I like. We got a lot of top heels that I like, and we need to start. You know, like we're we're heating it up. Okay. We got a lot of talent in this promotion, dude. Oh my god! I mean, just look. look this, think about it real quick. Steiner, Simmons, Rhodes, Wyndham, Steamboat, Austin, Rude, Arn, Eaton. Didn't even say Luger or Sting. In this one, in this one segment, all right. Yeah, there's like what nine. (laughs) You got the whole Dangerous Alliance, which we know who's there. In the match, we had Austin, Eaton, Bagwell, and Sting, four quality guys, all at different stages. Again, the whole Dangerous Alliance comes out. You got Paul. You then got Steamboat, Simmons, and Dustin Rhodes who hit the ring. I mean, it's like damn near a who's who of... Right. If I told you right today, hey, you're going to get Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, Sting, Paul Heyman, Bagwell, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco, Rick Rude, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, Ron Simmons, and Ricky Steamboat. To start your promotion. Cavalcade of stars. You're going to get all those guys to start your promotion. And like you said, we didn't even name the champion Lex Luger. <laughs> hey, Mike, we should get a ring and start a Fed. Bro, that's stupid. What, if, I, what if we could get these guys in 1992's physical prime to join us? You'd all of a sudden change your mind about getting that ring, wouldn't you? They got so much talent. We didn't even name yeah. Vader. <laughs> we didn't even name no Vader. Vader. Right. Or Cactus. Cactus, Vader, you know, floppy titties, Abdullah. Come on. I know. But on that particular note, uh, before we get out of here, we need to hand out the toot toot award since Ric Flair is gone, but Arn is here and uh, rate this thing. Doc, remember? Well, go ahead and rate it first, and then we'll uh, talk about the the toot toot. 55 minutes, big matches, big names. I'm going to give it an A. I'm right there with you. I'm giving it an A for sure. 92 is off to a good start, in my opinion. It is. We need to give it up. We need to give out the toot toot award. Remember, Uh-oh. before we do it, you gotta sign up on Patreon to get access to our clash review. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Not only this clash, which is the 18th one, but all 17 before it, along with all of the WCW pay per views dating back to 1987. <laughs> ECW shows, NWA Power shows, the World Class shows as well. Only available on Patreon. Tiny yeah, we really stretch out on these. We really stretch out on these clashes. What we can't tell you is whether or not Hardbody Harper will be here because we're going to record on a Tuesday. That's July the 4th. And as of this date, he still doesn't know if he has to work. I think he knows. He just gets selected. Oh, Responsing on his damn gimmick. We asked him two days ago, almost 48 hours ago, to let us know 24 hours ago whether or not he was working so that we could start to make plans on scheduling when that's going to be on, on Tuesday, July the 4th. And we are still ready in a period of radio silence. Pretty much. That there sounds about right. Two so, to award. Who do you got this week? Boy, this is hard, but I feel you like I got to go give it. 
I feel like I got to give it to Arn because of that okay. promo. But there were okay. more. There were more than one. I could have gave it to multiple people, but I got to okay. give it to Arn because the main event was really good. Who are you giving yours to? In the spirit of being the magnanimous leader of the people that I am and always shooting everyone straight, I'm going to give it to Sting. I thought Sting worked his ass off in this match and did what needed to be done to get that match over, and he was really good. That's a shocker, man. It shouldn't be because it's the clear answer in a field where I liked Cactus and I liked Arn, but I called it right down the middle. Yeah. And I ain't joking. I'm not fucking around. I'm not. <laughs> that sounded like you, a yeah. you do always say that, though. You you call it down the middle. So you're going with Sting because of what mm-hmm. he did in the main event. I thought Sting did. And, and it's so important right now that we keep getting new talent that he's he helped Bagwell look good and that's almost as important as the match itself. Yeah. No, this was good, man. This was this He's was... given Bagwell credibility by standing next to him, so he needs to be good when he's doing that and he was. Yeah, this was this was good, man. This and was, we this kept him excellent. off the microphone, which is a definite grade letter improvement. Yeah, especially after last week. Remember how upset you were with his terrible <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have a we have a weekend to go enjoy, and I'm kind of done. This went longer than we thought. You told me we need to be 50 minutes in and out because these marks don't deserve a second more. And here we are, this late into the show. Um, I think it's time that we get out of here. <laughs> that's funny because that sounds like something he would say. Oh boy, you're an idiot. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, um, you, I don't you have too, any- buddy. What's that? Love you too, buddy. Uh, okay. On that note, Doc, I don't think we have anything else. This was another great episode. Become a patron. Clash of the Champions coming up tomorrow. Doc, hit the tagline and uh, let's get out of here. Give me some relief. <laughs> <laughs>